Spoiler alert, welcome back to Not Just Any Book Club. Uh, this <laughs> this episode is... It's uh, the perfect episode. It's the perfect episode because we're going to be discussing um, quote-unquote perfect societies uh, in our utopian... Well, I was going to say novels, but it's more like a novel and short stories. <laughs> oh, whoopsies. I have midterms <laughs> during this month, so uh, sorry for being busy. Yeah. And we had Thanksgiving and everything. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, with us, we have me, Pierce, and Justin. Me, Justin. There. Yeah. And... Me, Gavin. <laughs> Or it's me, Luke. Uh, guys, that's me, cool. Yamo, Gavin, <laughs> and then that's that's Luke, the other voice. Yeah, I was um, here from the beginning. Oh, I'm an established <laughs> member. <laughs> yeah, he's here um, occasionally. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> the established made the established member who's just here occasionally. Yeah, uh, I think um, it's the closest we've had to full house in a while. Yeah, surprisingly. Not all this red stuff, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're about to get to the part because, uh, oh boy. Um, so the, the short story I read this time is in the year 2889, which is by Jules Verne. And the amount of content I can really discuss about this book is very, very thin because there's not much to talk about in this book. So I'm relying on the rest of the pod here to, you know, reinvigorate this discussion about this book that's not very political at all and just makes very 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 broad assumptions about the future so it just opens up saying hey in society it um the year 2889 it's just all great um you know we've got we've got tubes that can carry people like futurama intro style we got skype or video conferences um i i they talk about the news being through telephone instead of newspapers and it also for cell phones which is really cool um news is all personalized because the media has just been expanded and can just you know select what news um each person gets which is you know also a right prediction and um they also predict that um the u.s is the most powerful country on earth because it's just this huge empire and um i mean this is just mentioned very briefly but like um, basically the president is essentially the king and um, yeah, and then Great Britain, they annex that and they re- they regulate um, relegate Great Britain to be the size of Gibraltar and that's about as, as political as this short story gets um, so the, the king of America it, it, it sounds like the king wild. of the world yeah king of the world yeah that's more like it um they he also uh, this book was written and in, in um 1889 so this was like a 100 year prediction so it, it kind of got things right um fun fact this is written by jules verne but it, it's published <laughs> by the name jules verne because it's actually um his son wrote it um uh, michael verne um i don't think he wrote written anything of note so that's something to throw out there but hey that's kind of cool um what else is in this? Um, I mean, what what are some technology predictions? That's like a big part about yeah, some utopians, uh, <laughs> societies. Telescopes. Their scopes are three kilometers wide. 
What? <laughs> I know, I know. Actually, um, crazy. Was, That's just I, like how it is today. It is. I <laughs> are they? No. I I don't know. Um, life expectancy is like fifty-two years old, and oh my and god, twenty-eight, eighty-nine. I know it's crazy. I wish I could live to fifty-two years old. Yeah, we're all probably gonna die by then. So, <laughs> yeah, I apparently back then, um, they predict um, it was like thirty-seven. So that's something because then the opening narrations, like everybody gets lived to like 57 years old up from 32. Mm, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, they, they found new planets. There's more ke- there's chemical war um, and like bacteriological warfare. There's flying cars. There's advertisements right in the sky. that are printed on clouds. Um, when, was, when was this written again? 1889. Oh, okay. So he does have a, a little bit of predicting the future. Yeah, with the I don't know, warfare. dude. I feel like he's only missed three so far. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> I mean, well, did they even have? They didn't even have cars back then, did they? Because like, uh, wait, no. Um, did they? Okay, we're about to learn our first history lesson. When flying cars? We literally yeah. had a history episode. Wait, no. <laughs> like, hey, okay, flying. <laughs> History episode, wrong kind. Well, because like you know, I whenever I think of flying cars, I think of like you know, nineteen hundreds sort of, you know, that's where that originated. I would assume because like you know, cars were a thing, but then it's like flying cars, cars, right? But like, were cars even a thing back in eighteen hundreds? I don't know when they were mass produced, but it was like the first car was invented in eighteen eighty five. So okay, so that was like right after that must have been like right after the first car was ever invented. Yeah. Uh, thing about yeah like um one of the first sentences like um there are cars flying in the air without horses what what horseless carriages carriage okay carriages i could see yes that that would make sense but like car like that's why i was just confused because i'm like cars are were they even invented yet yes well the author might even if they weren't mass produced yet the author might have heard about these horseless carriages or read about them Mm -hmm. in the news you guys are not gonna believe this but this was before planes were invented so you really sorry everyone for the um for the The abrupt cut yeah that just happened well no if you just do magic editing they won't even know that we abruptly cut anything because well, there's no video. It's no, we had technical difficulties. We got to tell them the truth. Wh- who are we, if not truthful, Gavin? And, and if you don't know what this is, oh this my god, god. <laughs> I'm cutting that. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, magic of editing, bro. Sorry, are we still talking about <laughs> just submarines? Right. So yeah, submarines were invented a long time ago. Is basically what we found out. And even the first mechanically powered submarine was launched 23 years before the dude patented like the first modern car design or the first actual car design. Wow. Wow. Huh. Submarines are older than cars. That's There's your new fact for today, boys. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. If you go to Wikipedia, look a flying car. <laughs> hold on, okay. Um, I mean, I there's... All right, now now we're getting in the weeds a little yeah. bit. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, we're flying cars, which is exactly what they were referring to in the book. Yeah. I know, <laughs> I know that. Uh, okay, so have, hold on. No, we, 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 we should this. we should actually talk about this. So, if everyone would just go while you're listening, you know, oh, okay. just pull up Google, look up the flying car Wikipedia, 
there's a there's a car attached to a plane from 1947. Right. Make sure you're doing this while you're not driving. So, I mean, you can do it with your driving if you yeah. really, if you really want to. I'm not saying that you should, but I'm saying that you can. We're not recommending it. Yeah, not yeah. recommended, but <laughs> but is doable. Yeah, yeah. I okay. So describe the people that are not, um, to, you know, not willing to look this up. I don't know if you got like Bing or Google Band or something. Who right. uses Bing? Bing. Dude, uh, search engines are for the weak. I just. I just look stuff up. I just imagine <laughs> it, and it, it just pops into my head. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's a literal car attached to a plane. <laughs> it's like super glued onto it. Is this what the author imagined whenever he thought of flying cars for his utopian? I really hope not. I hope otherwise we've really regressed as a society if that man came into existence and thought of that as his image of a flying car because... This is stupid. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's it's perfect, just the way it is. Um, okay, well, moving on. Were there any other great revelations from uh, Jules Verne's son? Um. Oh wait, you know, um, Futurama when Fry gets into that cryo chamber. Um, did, did Did Jules Verne's son also write Futurama? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not that I know of. I don't know. You don't know how Hollywood works. Or Hollywood? No, that's not Whatever. Where, wherever Futurama is made works. Yeah, and new, new New York. That's yeah. That joke was really bad. But anyways, okay. cry cryonics. Um. So basically, this story revolves around this guy. Oh, I forgot to describe the story. He's just there. He's just um going through his day, and then um there's this one guy that proposes, "Hey, I'm gonna be in this cryo not cryonic chamber for at least a hundred years." Spoiler alert, does not end well for him because he just dies when he comes out. It's like, oh, <laughs> what was the point of that? I don't know. Um, but it's supposed to, I mean, maybe it was supposed to show that all technology is not um, successful. I have no idea why it was revolving around that thing and why he just dies randomly, but that's the story. I don't know. When was the concept of cryonic chambers like, made? I don't know. I mean, this could have been the first time. We'll just yeah. we'll just say it was the first time, and then say citation needed, and then <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? This is like that Google search. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is like that um, Halloween episode of um, what is it between it bookends? The show not about books, where I was like, "Hey, Pierce, did you know that they used actual skeletons instead of fake skeletons in the movie Poltergeist?" And you're like, "That doesn't sound right." And then we spent five minutes looking it up, did and you know actually- what? It was actually real. Uh, those yeah. are real skeletons. So, if you guys did not bother to look up an answer to that, well, now you know. Perfect okay. episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that we spent the majority of Justin's time talking about his book on Google, it's time to move on. <laughs> ah, that's my cue then. Okay, I was the next short story guy who couldn't read the full book. I read... A short story by this guy named Jamie Walls called Utopia, comma, LOL, question mark. Okay. And to give you the gist of this little short story, it's one of those um, dude wakes up from a cryo chamber. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Far into the future. 
and it's like an AI controls everything and all the humans have like super, super short attention spans. And um, the whole, the whole story is this dude who just got pulled out, gets taken on a tour guide by one of the, uh, the humans from this time period and just kind of trying to figure out, get his head wrapped around how the universe looks it doesn't tell you like how far into the future it is. It's just that it's very far into the future. It is the future. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Technically, um, right, so it was yeah. described as like a billion years. So it, you know, somewhere around a billion years, I guess. So this sounds kind of like um, a little dystopian and a little utopian, like a little bit yeah, of a yeah. So. Basically, um, the world. I don't know. I kind of yeah. like... Basically, <laughs> it's nuanced like real life. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting it to do some like hardline dystopian thing where like the AI was secret, was like actually some crazy evil dude controlling everything. And... Like robot Mussolini in the future. Yeah, something like that. But it really wasn't, which is kind of good. I expected a lot less from this random dude that you linked to me pierce <laughs> you asked me for a short story hold on wait this guy's a podcast i think right strange horizons is that where you got it from wow does he really have a podcast dude we could collab we could collab <laughs> yes he will he will definitely collab with these okay. random people who read his short story james walls if you're listening to this um come on this podcast sometime you should add him on doesn't want to come on to this podcast. Wait, no, he has a Twitter. He has a Twitter. All right. You should, you should, you should add him on. T- not right now. Don't add him on Twitter right now. <laughs> At least wait until this episode is up. All right. Yeah. yeah okay, so, tweets. We got a bit derailed there. Let me finish. Let me finish my train of thought before I totally get derailed. But so if we're talking future technology, right? It's some weird multi-dimensional sci-fi shit, right? So there's a whole bunch of like realities and they're kind of like described as like rushing nesting dolls where you can go between any of them, but they're all kind of like inside each other connected in some convoluted way that doesn't make sense to me. What about when you get to the middle Russian doll? Can you go back to the like one that's the furthest on the outside? Yeah, that's why I don't like the Russian doll analogy. It doesn't really explain that whatsoever. <laughs> I, th- I think it just means that they're all connected. Like, you can go between whichever ones you want, right? And they're, like, inside of each other at the same time. Yeah, t- don't, don't get too hung up on the inside of each other part. Because it really <laughs> doesn't play that much of a role in the story whatsoever. But there's, like, some crazy ones where it's, like, you're a bird, right? So you just turn into a bird, and then you live through this reality as a bird, any bird that you want, right? And then there's another one where you're a floor tile, and you stay as a floor tile, and people walk on you, like those kind of weird realities. And that, and, and that's so, it. That's the whole. <laughs> I'm get, I'm getting to the main part. I'm getting. To, okay. I don't want to like okay. spoil the story, but like, if you want to read it, it takes about five minutes to read, so that's pretty I, nice. I spoiled my short story. I, I basically just removed any reason. You should read mine. It's fine. It's a short story. It's whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so he spends 10 years as a random elf from the Lord of the Rings in the Lord of the Rings universe. You mean the Hobbit or 
No, just some like some elf guy. Oh, like an actual elf. Okay. Yeah, he he inserted his OC into the Lord of the Rings universe and role played <laughs> for a decade. He basically wrote Lord of the Rings fan fiction. He was like, "How do I make this my own thing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so he does that, and then he gets tired of it, and then the uh, the AI convinces him to go on some special mission. And then the, there's the big twist at the end that I won't say, but really the story is about how much of it, how much of a utopia can there be if one machine controls literally everything that you do? You know, it's one of those stories, mm. and so it doesn't just doesn't directly say that this is a utopia or a dystopia. It's kind of like up to the reader. It's posing a question, like yeah. thing, things are really good, but also. A, a robot controls your every move. Yeah, exactly. All right. Huh. Well, I feel like there's a million stories like this, but this one, like the charm of this one is just in like the wacky situations that these realities kind of like explain. I would, I would love to go to that floor tile universe. I'll tell you what, that would <laughs> really like, appealing. Well, do you want to talk about the artwork, or I mean, if you go on the page, you'll see it. I want to keep it PG thirteen, but like God, you're in for a surprise. A lot of squats. Yeah, a lot of squats. <laughs> Every day is leg day for this guy. Is that is that supposed to be a depiction of the AI? Is the AI that <laughs> thick? Is that what that mm-hmm. is? I think it's the depiction okay. of the perfect yeah, man. The the AIs. <laughs> Um, the AI scene in the story was like a talking wall, basically. So this might be one of the newer, the new, like what a human looks like a billion years from now. Uh, I can't wait okay. for a billion. Years. <laughs> yeah, Wake me up at the peak performance. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Wake me up in a billion years. <laughs> um, on that note, I guess I'll talk about my novel. Um, so I. <laughs> I've talked on this podcast a handful of times about how I love Brave New World and how Brave New World is like what I think the best dystopian novel and is does everything Fahrenheit 451 wants to do, but like a billion times better. Um, Well, so the author of that, Aldous Huxley, wrote another novel right at the end of his life um, called Island, uh, which was kind of a utopian... um, parallel to to antithesis uh, yeah antithesis you call it a response it's it's the utopian opposite of the brave new world dystopia and uh the focus isn't on plot in fact as a novel i would say this book isn't that good like it's okay um the characters aren't really that memorable it's just like whatever um but uh, as as kind of a a critique of kind of the way that Western culture was headed at the time of of Huxley's death, um, it's it's a it's a really interesting book. It poses a lot of ideas that I hadn't even that you don't you don't really think of. Um, so I guess I'll 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 cover what plot there is. 
so it follows 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 it follows and follows an English an English person named Barnaby who is kind of he's kind of this like cynical guy from England um, and he's buddy buddy with this oil tycoon um, and this oil tycoon wants the oil off of this island called Pala um, and so. Farnaby, I think he's he's a journalist. Yeah, he's a political journalist. Um, Farnaby is tasked with going onto Pala and convincing their king. It's kind of like a king. It's called the the Rani. Um, he's huh. similar to a to a monarch. Um, he's tasked with convincing the Rani to um, sell the rights of the oil to the oil tycoon from England. Um, he, so he, cra- the, so they purposefully crash Farnaby's boat into the island to get him on there. Cause it, you know, can't be suspicious. Um, and he gets like, there's like this hypnotherapy thing where, um, there's like this hypnotherapy thing where Farnaby's like, I don't really believe in this, but let's try it. Uh, and he, he like gets, um, that he gets healed. Like his, his leg is broken or something. I believe uh, this is right at the beginning of the book. So it's not, well, it's just like how he gets to the Island. And then it's not really that important. Um, and so then the rest of the book really is, Far to be on the island, learning about the way that these people live, learning about the things that they do, um, discussing ideas with them. It, it's a lot. It's more like a philosophy book than a novel. The novel is kind of just a front for the philosophy. Um, Philosophical fiction, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, in the book, there's there's obviously a lot of themes. It's it's it's. It's incredibly focused on philosophy. Um, it talks about. Uh, I'm just reading off a list here: overpopulation, modernity, democracy, um, mysticism with the um, the hypnotherapy bit. Uh, I, I think where it's really interesting is in its direct comparison with the world of Brave New World. So there's a lot of things that the society that's supposed to be like perfect, the society in Island does that are very similar to the things that the society in Brave New World does, except it's for different reasons and it's for um, different and, and it has different results. It, it, it results in enlightenment and happiness on, on in Pala, while in New London, it resulted in a, pa- a completely pacified and, um, bad society (laughs) okay um yeah the so for instance uh drug drugs were heavily used in both societies uh on on impala they're used for enlightenment purposes like you know uh i i guess i forgot to mention huxley himself had used psychedelics before and he'd written a book called the doors of perception which were basically i know that it's actually very unsafe for people to take psychedelics because but we just need um they're they're good for now to find like your true self until we have 
more safe doors of perception. Um, that's what he called psychedelics. Okay. We're not endorsing. We're not endorsing psychedelics. No, we're not endorsing psychedelics. I'm just saying <clears throat> Huxley's position on psychedelics. Don't um, do it while you're driving either. Okay. Yeah. Do not really. <laughs> Do not do them while you're driving. Um, also, uh, in Paula, they there was some forms of group living, uh, so that way the parents could kind of do what they wanted sexually uh, on their and with their free time without the children kind of getting in the way. Uh, meanwhile, in New London, they lived in groups uh, to eliminate the individual, to make individuality not a thing. Um, uh, in Paula, they entered trances to learn better for this, like, kind of... It was like this trance that helped them understand and learn uh, more efficiently. While in New London, they used trance states to indoctrinate. Um, in both societies, they used assisted reproduction. Uh, oh. In, oh. But uh, in Paula, they were used to for people to have kids if they wanted them to like it was artificial insemination to really like help them uh, help them out uh, because they're encouraged to reproduce. But in New London, it was the it was those test tube babies that completely separated um, the people from children. Uh, There's also lots of freely available contraception in Ireland in Paula where citizens could could reproduce if they wanted to, uh, they, or they could use contraceptives and not. Uh, in Brave New World, it was mandatory uh, to use contraception. Um, in order no babies? To, no babies, only test tube babies. Because um, they didn't, because they didn't want anyone to have a connection to any individual outside of the state. That's why there was no marriage in New London, and that's why there was you weren't allowed to have children. You were supposed to have a greater connection with the state than you were supposed to have with any other individual. Um, there's uh, uh, The people in Paula were very in touch with spirituality, like very in touch with spirituality. They, um, they there's, a, there's this temple that's described that they climb up to. It's dangerous. It's like a perilous journey. It's like a spiritual preparation for, you know, the, the rest of their life. Um... And in New London, they don't really have anything like that. It's kind of, yeah. (laughs) There is very, I don't think there's any religion or it's like very little. It's not focused on. Um, And then they also, in Paula, they trained, uh, there's a direct comparison. In Paula, they trained birds. um, Oh, what was it? It was like to say focus or something. I thought that was (laughs) say something else. What? What did you think I was going to say? Like, I don't know, but I thought they were going to say something like... No, they, <laughs> they say attention because the people of Paula... I, I just found it in the in the book. They say attention because they the people of Paula are supposed to be paying attention and being in the moment. So they train the birds to repeat that over and over again to remind them of, um, you know, to pay attention, to be in the moment. Uh, meanwhile, in New London, they had speakers um and disembodied voices to tell people you know how to live like do do this do that uh they told the lower classes to you know do heavy labor here or there or whatever it was to to 
uh, keep them on task, not to tell them to like live in the moment. Um, I guess also on the living in the moment, one other one other part that was really interesting uh, from Island was um, there was a part where the um, the main character, gosh, I forgot his name, Farnsby, Farnaby. Uh, Farnaby was watching the Islanders' recreation or interpretation of um, Oedipus Rex. Oh, no. And he was saying how he told a little girl who was sitting next to him after it was over that in the uh, English interpretation, in the English rendition, at the end of the story, Oedipus um, finds out that he you know, killed his father and married his mother and he stabs his eyes out. And the little girl turns to him and she's like, she thinks it's funny. She like laughs at it. She's like, why don't you just move on? When he just stopped thinking about, like, live in the moment. Like, why? Didn't he, oh, I think she says, "Why didn't he just stop being married to her?" I think that's exactly kind of what she says. Because um, they're so focused on living in the moment and moving on past, not being um, super guilty, uh, and just moving on to to the next moment and just living life. And I think that's kind of what what Huxley's like. This is supposed to be Huxley's ideal society. Um, and it's really interesting because he's uh, Brave New World at times, and this, this is a criticism of Brave New World that I've Ooh. seen levied at it. Um, Brave New World can be used as kind of a um, by people who are acting in bad faith because they don't actually know who what Huxley stands for. It can be used as kind of this like anti-progressive, anti-modernist thing where Huxley does um, critique modernism, but in a different way than, than some people might, some people might use brave new world to do. Island is kind of showing what Huxley was really trying to say about modernism. It's kind of more context to exactly what Huxley thinks is wrong with Western society in general and exactly where he thinks we should be headed. Um, I think that's really interesting. So I don't know, I guess to, to wrap it up, if, uh, if you've ever read brave new world, uh, then read this for better context on what Huxley believes. And, um, it, it is really interesting. He brings up some ideas that I hadn't even really thought of. Um, and if you haven't brave new world, then read brave new world. I had not read like it. <laughs> yeah. Then if you haven't read brave new world, then read brave new world. And, uh, then read this one if you if you enjoy it. <clears throat> Brave New World's been on the list for a while. I gotta get to it. Yeah, it's been yeah. on my list for a while, but you know, school happens, and I can only read within like during break, so I can't. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to it eventually. It's been bumped up my reading <laughs> list, I guess. A good Pierce recommendation always yeah. bumps a book up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Island of Brave New World. I would say Brave New World is the better book like it's a really good novel and that's why it kind of was so popular um island is is just a good it's a good philosophy um book and it's a good follow-up to brave new world island does seem like you know a good book to like read while you're or well to seems like somebody had a really good trip while writing island had a yeah. good trip but well, that's a double isn't it <laughs> he um yeah uh, 
funny it's funny you mentioned that he he was he actually wrote this like right at the end of his life like i think he had cancer when he was writing it hmm. and um on his deathbed he requested from his second wife that she um <laughs> oh i forget exactly how much it is but it's like way too much inject him with way too much acid so that he can go out on like a good psychedelic trip oh my god <laughs> That that was Huxley's final wish after releasing uh, Island just like a year or two before this happened. He just wanted to have like a big brain moment right before he dies. Exactly. So all exactly. these like insane, incredible mind like discoveries, and then just die. Die. <laughs> like you know, well, he could have cured his cancer with all these you know incredible big brain moments he's had. With, on his giant trip, but now he just died. He saw heaven nope. before he died. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, if anybody else has anything to say or ask about my book, then we can do that. But if not, I've got absolutely nothing to add. I, I mean, that was really all I wanted. I was that this whole book just sounds like a really, you know, big trip. That's you know? the yeah. way I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go out that way. <laughs> just see everything I mean, before I die. Go to Oregon. 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 Oh, it's, it's de- yeah, everything's decriminalized now in Oregon. It's not legal. It's just decriminalized. You won't go to prison. Yeah, I'm pretty close to Oregon, boys. Oh, <laughs> man. I'll just not show up one day and I'll be gone. Just <laughs> <laughs> do it on this um, podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, if that wraps it up for everyone, um, we don't have anything else to add. Uh, I, so, I have nothing yeah. to plug in. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you enjoyed, please rate us on whatever it is that you listen on, whether it's Apple or what have you, um, whatever, whatever Apple, Spotify, or whatever random. And then follow us, follow us also if you enjoyed. Also, follow us on Twitter at NotJustAnyPod. I I run that thing a lot. Justin does run that thing. So, um, there's always memes up there, but we also post polls for what we're going to do each month. There will not, not this month. There was not a poll for December because we usually do them before the the big episode, which this is, um, so we can announce it during the episode. But there wasn't a poll this month, and Should that we... that is because we are going to basically be taking December off. We have finals, and then we have kind of a break, and we we you know Christmas. a break is a good time. Christmas time with our Hanukkah, family. you know. Yeah. Holidays. Um, the holiday season. A, a break is a good time to read, but um, we'd like, we're going to just enjoy the first half of our break, and then we'll use the second half of our break for, for to read for the January. And record uh, ahead. Topic. And record ahead. Yeah. Um, but do you want to announce what December is going to be? There will be one episode released in December, and everyone on, the, on our podcast who is interested is going to get uh, from a pool of versions of uh, the christmas story a christmas to, carol christmas carol oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> only one version of the christmas story a christmas carol uh from a pool of versions of that we'll all be randomly assigned one and then we're going to come together and kind of discuss the differences and similarities of yeah. that i've so actually read that. kind of I've a actually... cool spin on our normal episode into like a movie everything thing. combined into one yep um and if you do want to um 
have your voice be heard, you can probably tweet at us. Uh, we don't know if we're going to be accepting voice memos, but if you want to tweet at us to say, hey, here's my favorite rendition of A Christmas Carol, just yeah. tweet at us or send us a message if you want it's it to be a little DM. longer. Anything. Yeah. I, I think our DMs are open. And then last thing, I'm, I'll announce this, even though it's so far ahead. Um, we did have an idea for what the what the topic would be in January. Should I announce it or should I just say Do it, do it now. Just do announce it. it. Okay. Do it. So uh, the topic in January is going to be our it's it's our one year of doing this podcast. So we're going to do a special thing. I came up with this. We're gonna everyone's gonna <laughs> everyone's gonna read whatever like one of their favorite books. Whether it can be something they read for the podcast, more than likely it'll probably be something they read on their own before the podcast or whatever. Everyone's gonna read their one of their like top five favorite stories and we're going to just come in and, and discuss them as we would normally, except they're not going to be like connected in any way. It's just going to be whatever we wanted to read. Yeah. We'll um, talk about our memories associated with the book. We'll talk yeah. about what we like about the book in general. If you had anything, anything, anything goes, you could so, be reading our least favorite book and call it our favorite. You'll never know. Yeah. And then uh, obviously we'll, we'll do something similar to the, for the associated, like, um, bookends and between the chapters episodes baby driver anybody i do love me some baby driver so uh yeah anyway <laughs> uh goodbye prometheus right oh you did it for me you did it for me guys it's catching on it's catching on